The following audio was recorded at Stone Oak Bible Church. For more information about our church or for more resources, visit us at stoneoakbible.com. Um, I am really excited for this morning. Um, I believe that this morning is a morning where we, as a church, can come together and get clarity on our mission together. Um, and I'm excited to talk about this. Uh, I, I, uh, the church has gone through so much in, in the last couple years, and, um, and I'm not just talking about Stone Oak, I'm talking about the church. We've gone through a lot. Like, I don't need to tell you this, but 2020 happened. Right? We walked through um, a pandemic. We, we, we went through and experienced shutdowns and quarantine and sickness and worse yet, uncertainty. We walked through that. Um, and more than that, we see we're walking through this time of just crazy division. So polarized. We see political divisions, cultural divisions. We see racial conflict. We see trends that are disturbing. We have a war going on in Ukraine. We, I could go, okay, I could keep going here, but I don't need to. We have gone through a lot as a community, as a culture, but it's not just that we've gone through it out there. Um, we need to realize that as the church, we have also navigated through these same things. As the people of God, we have gone through these same things. And so we've had to ask ourselves, what does it mean to be the church today? We've, uh, how, how does the church, how should the church respond to crazy polarization? Should we pick sides? Should we be in the middle how should we respond to crazy as the church? How should we respond? Um, more than that, the pandemic had, has also forced us to ask lingering questions. Um, questions like, what is the church anyway? What's it for? Why does it matter? Does it matter that I go in person? Does it count if I join online? Do I get partial credit in God's economy for that. We've had to ask ourselves these, these questions that in previous generations, we've never had to really ask. Um, we have seen statistics that show a, a rather sharp decline in church attendance in the West post-pandemic. We're far enough out where we've seen these, these things play out. And so we've had to ask, what is the church today? What is discipleship today? What should it look like? What is it? Has it changed? Should it change? These are really important questions, and this is why I'm really excited for this morning. Um, our mission, by the way, has not changed. We're called to be disciples of Jesus Make disciples of Jesus. We're called to be the church. That's our mission. Has not changed. So in a world that is rapidly changing, that has not and will not change. Ever. 
We know that. We know that. But because of that, I got to be honest with you. I had this bit of a holy discontentment right now. Um, I don't know how else to say it, but other than this, this chaos and craziness and this uncertainty that we walk through today, um, I honestly believe that it is one of the most incredible opportunities for the church. And I'll be specific. I think it is an incredible opportunity for us at Stone Oak Bible Church right now. I, um, I love our church and I really believe in our mission. And uh, I can say this with integrity. I have not been this excited about our church since the very early days of planting it. I feel that riled up right now. And it's because of this opportunity that I, that I see ahead of us to engage a watching world to see more people know Jesus and more people growing in Christ. Um, honestly, this has been a bit of a, a season where I have been praying a Matthew 9 kind of prayer. In Matthew 9, Jesus says to his disciples, the harvest is, is great, it's plentiful, but the workers are few. And then if you remember what he says next, he says, so pray earnestly then to the Lord that he would send more workers out. This is my prayer. And I believe more than anything that it is time for us to take the next step together as a church and that's why I'm excited for our time this morning. Now having said that, as, as you hopefully know, as most of you know, um, we preach through books of the Bible here. And I love that, and I, I, we're not going to ever change that. Right now, we're in the book of Amos, and um, Amos, I knew it was going to be a special time, but oh my goodness, I have loved Amos, and um, we are going to pick up in Amos right where we left off next week. So if you're here and your Bibles are already open to Amos, I am sorry Keep them there for next week. This week will be in the New Testament. Um, but this week, what we're going to do is we're going to drill down into something that is so important. And what we're, we're going to talk about is the next steps for us as a church. This is an important morning. We do this once a year. And we're going to talk about what's next for us as a church. We're going to talk about specifically the call of discipleship in the church. And we're going to drill down into something that I'm going to call the habits of discipleship in the church. So that's where we're going today. Um, if you do have your Bibles and they're in Amos, turn to the right quite a bit until you get to 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians 11. This is going to be a very, very short text this morning. Um, 1 Corinthians 11. Um, I said we're going to talk about discipleship, but I think so many times we can struggle to actually define discipleship and what it means to be a disciple. And um, so simply and at the heart of it, church, discipleship is all about imitation. It's about imitation. And, and being a disciple is being, ultimately, being an imitator. And I love the way Paul says this in our text in First. Corinthians 11, that first verse in 1 Corinthians 11. Some of you know it. If you don't know it, know it. Because if there's any text that sums up what disciple and discipleship is, I think this one's my favorite because of how simple and powerful it is. 
Paul says, brothers and sisters, here's what he says. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So if, you, if I were to ask you, what is discipleship? What you could do is turn to your Bible or memorize it and say, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This is how Paul describes what a disciple is and what discipleship is. Being a disciple is being an imitator. So being a disciple of Jesus is being an imitator of Jesus. And discipleship then is then calling others to be imitators. That's our job. Imitation. And um, actually, it's, it's interesting. This idea of imitation is actually front and center. You don't have to turn with me here, but in Acts 11, the early followers of Jesus were given a derogatory nickname in Antioch. In Antioch, they were first given this derogatory, it was meant to be an insult, but it stuck. And we still use this term today. They were first called, scripture says, Christians. And do you know what Christians mean? It means little Christ. Little Christ imitators. It was meant to be a derogatory statement, but it turned out to sum up discipleship pretty well. Because being a disciple is being a Christ imitator and helping others imitate him as well. And when I talk about imitating Jesus, I understand that we are living now over 2,000 years after Jesus' earthly ministry. We're living 2,000 years, over 2,000 years after Paul wrote these words. And a lot has changed. But the more I look at this, our calling has not changed. Our lives are 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 called to be modeled after Christ's life just as much t- today as it was then. And, and th- this means that we're called to be imitators of Christ. And I want to get really practical this morning because my fear is when I talk about discipleship, many of you have heard this language before, and my fear is that it has the potential of living up here in theory. So this morning, what I want to do is get practical with this. Get practical with this. And so what this means is that our daily rhythms should be modeled after Christ's rhythms. That's imitation. Our daily habits should be modeled after Jesus's. That's imitation. That's looking like little Christ's Christians. And that every day that we do this, we're being made more and more and more into the image of Jesus. Imitation. That is being a disciple, that we would follow Jesus on Jesus' terms. So being a disciple is someone who has been called by Christ, loves Christ, who, who obeys Christ, and who does what Jesus does. It's imitation. It's imitation. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This is what discipleship is. And my prayer for us in this next season is that we would grow together as disciples of Jesus. That we would grow together as disciples of of Jesus. Daily, weekly, yearly, that you would grow in your ability to imitate Jesus. 
each and every day. And I wanna bring this into three parts. I'm gonna come back to this. We're gonna come back to this often, actually. Um, There are three parts of discipleship. Head, heart, and hands. Head, heart, and hands. Head meaning that we grow in our understanding of Christ. That we grow in our understanding of this. That we would grow in our knowledge of the word and of the ways of Christ. That we would grow in our understanding together. That's head. When I say heart, that means that we would grow in our affection for Jesus. Our love for what Christ loves. Our love that we would grow in our love together. That's heart. And when I say hands, that means that we would grow in our practices, in our obedience, that we would do the things that Jesus does, that we would be imitators of Jesus with our hands, that we would grow in Christ's likeness. So being a disciple is head, heart, and hands. And discipleship is head, heart, and hands. And I want you to think about this for just a quick moment before we go, we go on. Church, being a disciple involves all three, and it has to involve all three. Discipleship without the head, for example, is very dangerous. Discipleship without the head leads us to heresy. Because the truth is we can do a lot of good things with our hands. We can love a lot of things with our heart. But if we are not grounded in the truth of God, we are so easily led astray. Our discipleship has to involve our head. The same is true with our heart. Because without our heart, we are led into apathy and emptiness. Um, we We can know so many facts about God. So much good things. We can know good facts. And, and we can even be doing good things with our hands. But if our hearts are not in it, we are empty. The New Testament talks about this so much. Heartless discipleship is not true discipleship. We need head, heart, and hands. And the last is hands. Hands. Without our hands, church, we are led into selfishness and disobedience. We can know all of the right things all the good facts and doctrine. We can love our God, but without our hands, without our practices, our lives, without our obedience, we are disobedient and it's empty. Discipleship is head, heart, and hands. My prayer, the prayer of our elders, is that we would be a church where we grow in our ability to imitate Jesus in head, heart, hands. This is our prayer. And like I said, I want to get really practical here because I want to drill down what this means a little bit more. What this means for us is our prayer is that we would better learn how to walk together in what I'm going to call the habits of grace. Habits of grace. That we would grow in our head, heart, and hands by these habits of grace. Um, One of my favorite things about the Christian life is that when I ask, like, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to imitate Jesus? I'm called to imitate him. What does it mean? What I love about the Christian walk is that God has given us this. And what I, what I mean when I say this is that God has given us this to show us what it means to imitate him. What path we walk in order to follow him. He has given us the ability to follow him on his Terms. In other words, through this, 
we can know the one that we are called to imitate. I love that. We're not left to figure it out on our own. Um, and as we come, to our, come to, to our God, we walk in Christ. We know, in this, we know what it is to walk in the rhythms of grace. And I want to unpack this a little bit together this morning. And I want to start with this idea of habit. Most of us know what habits are. Um, habits is a, a habit is a regular practice, something you do on an ongoing, everyday basis. Um, it's something that you do as a part of your regular rhythm and your routine. It's, and hear me, you have habits. Every one of you do. Every one of you have habits. We have our morning habits. We have evening habits. We have daily, weekly, yearly rhythms and habits. And I love this quote. This comes from an author named James Clear. He says, the outcomes of your life are a lagging measure of your habits. What he means by this is you are what you repeat. And for most of us, I think we understand that on certain levels. This is why good habits are so good for us. And this is why bad habits are so bad for us. Um, because habits form us. Habits shape us. They shape our understanding. They shape our affection. And they shape our practices, our hands. They shape us. They are formative. And, and this is true like habits, like for habits like brushing your teeth. I hope you have that habit. Um, I'm not here to talk about that spiritual discipline of teeth brushing, but um, it's a good one. Let's have that habit. But that habit forms us, shapes us. This is the reason why drinking 96 ounces of Coke every day is different from drinking 96 ounces of water every day because we are formed by these habits. We are shaped by them. Most of us understand that for habits like that, but have you ever stopped to consider what are your spiritual habits? Have you ever stopped to consider what are my spiritual habits, both good and bad? Have you ever stopped to, to ask, what are the habits that I am practicing? What are they producing and how are they forming me? Spiritual habits are formative. You are being formed. My question is, how are you being formed, and what are the practices that you have in your life to form you in your walk with Jesus? Have you ever stopped to just take an inventory? What are my spiritual habits? Like right now, what are my spiritual habits? What are the habits that I have on a personal level? And how are those habits that I do on a personal day-to-day -day level, how are they shaping me? More than that, what are my habits that I have on a collective level? I wanna tell you what we're doing here. This is a habit. What are we doing in our habits together as a church and how are they forming us? If we are what we repeat, what are you repeating? It's a strange question. 
But it's an important one because this matters because we are being shaped. I want to give you two examples. Um, I want to give you two habits, and both of them are habits that revolve around the Word of God. I'm going to give you two habits. One that involves um, a habit that's collective that we do together, and I want to give you another example of a habit that we do individually, and I, and I hope that you'll see what I'm talking about here. Um, let's do the first habit, the habit of preaching. Some of you say, I don't have a habit of preaching. Yes, you do. Well, I hope you do. You're here. Um, here at Stone of Bible Church, we believe in a weekly habit and rhythm of sitting under the proclamation of the Word of God. We believe it is important. We believe it is a rhythm that we need to have as a healthy disciple and a healthy disciple maker. We see the importance of the Word of God here, and so we preach it and we believe it's a vital part of our habits of grace together. Now, I don't want you to hear me wrong. Um, I believe preaching, I've used this analogy before, but I believe preaching is a lot like meals that you eat. Um, and what I mean by this, if, if um, I were to ask, what did you eat last Tuesday evening? Chances are many of you can't just go, yes, that's what I ate. You can't just, you'd have to think about it. And well, what did we, what were we doing? Was it leftovers that night? What was it? You'd have to think about it, right? Um, why is that? It's because most of our meals are not extravagant meals. They're, uh, they're not meals that you put in your mouth and you're like, I will forever remember this moment. It was so good, right? Now, if you had one of those meals last Tuesday, you might remember that meal. Like, oh, I know what I ate last Tuesday. But chances are for most of us, it was a normal, mundane, everyday meal that you ate last Tuesday. Almost, I, I mean, it's not memorable. And what this means, and we get this, uh, hopefully you get this, uh, on an on a eating level, our goal in life is not to go from one extravagant meal to another extravagant meal to another unforgettable extravagant meal. That is not our goal. Our goal is... Honestly, eating is a habit, and most of your meals are pretty mundane. Um, and although you might not call last Tuesday evening's meal extravagant, here's the thing about that meal on last Tuesday. It served to sustain you. It served to give your body what it needed. It sustained you. Church, I believe that faithful biblical preaching is a lot like that. Um, in fact, I believe most, if not all, spiritual disciplines are a lot like that. What I mean by this is you might not be able to remember the sermon from four weeks ago. I'm going to judge you for not remembering this. You might not be able to remember the sermon from four weeks ago. Um, you might not even be able to fully remember what happened last week or the sermon that was last week. Um, but by the grace of God, here's what I believe. You are being shaped and formed and sustained by the continual, ongoing word being preached. Preached. 
We gather around the Word of God because the continual ongoing preaching of the Word of God shapes us and forms us into better Christ-likeness. It is a habit that we need in our discipleship. Many of you, I know, like, will we'll go throughout the week and listen to sermons, by the way, on like podcasts and keep doing that. That's great. Rock on. But there is something about us coming together in a weekly rhythm, sitting around the daily bread and being shaped and formed in ways that we can't even put our finger on. I just know that over the course of a year, I'm not the same. I believe that is the power of this incredible rhythm of grace that we have been given in the preaching of the word of God. That over time, we are being shaped and formed into Christ-likeness. That's first example. Let me give you a second one. Um, again, it involves our Bible. Let's say, let's take the, the personal habit of reading your Bible. As evangelicals, it's the pinnacle of all of the spiritual disciplines. Do you read your Bible? Good reason, because it's the Word of God. But let's take this, this, this habit. Let's say you have a daily habit of reading your Bible. This is the Word of God. That is a great habit. Now, again, though, I want to just say this. It's a lot like preaching, and it's a lot like your meal on Tuesday night. And what I mean by this is every time you sit down to read your Bible in the morning, it's not going to be this, ah, like, moment of absolute clarity and transcendence. If that's your experience every morning, you are far more holy than I am, because that is not my experience. And from what I have walked together with my brothers and sisters, that's not yours either. Each time you, now, there might be days where you sit down and, oh, it does happen, right? Praise God for those. Just like there might be sermons that it just meets you and you remember where you were when you took that, that bite. Those, those days might happen. Praise God for those days. But we don't live for those days. We live in the daily bread, the daily walking. And my belief is that over time, that we would walk more in the daily bread that Jesus prays about than looking for the next extravagant feast. We are malnourished, needing nutrition, but man, we're just looking for that feast, not the daily bread. My prayer is that we would be daily bread people, that we would walk with him daily in daily habits and enjoy those feasts when they come. Enjoy those feasts when they come. But he's given us this rhythm of coming to his word for our daily bread. It's a rhythm that we saw Jesus doing in his earthly ministry. It's a rhythm that we see the people of God doing for centuries. It's a rhythm that, that we see God using, coming to his word. And here's the thing. Over time, I guarantee this. I guarantee this, that over time, as you... Walk in the word daily, you are being shaped. You are being formed. You are knowing more what it is like to imitate Jesus by your daily walk in rhythm. That's what we're after. Praise God for the feast, but give us the daily bread. I want to put it like this. I believe we often overestimate and overhype the mountaintop moments 
in the Christian walk, those youth camp moments where it's like, whoa, I just got changed, like rededication. Like we overvalue and we overhype those moments, and at the same time, we often undervalue and underhype the importance of daily, consistent habits and rhythms with our God. And I believe that this tendency has caused some damage in the church. And I've talked to many of you about this. There is this, when we talk about following Jesus, I have heard so many of you say, I think I'm doing it wrong. Because when I come to my Bible, it's not like, oh, I don't get that. Like, it's just kind of a, am I doing this right? When I pray, it's not like I hear the audible voice of God shaking the rafters. Am I doing it right? And, and, and we, we, we start to believe the lie, I just might not be spiritual enough. I might not be spiritual enough. I just might not be, this might not be for me because I just don't have those mountaintop moments the way everyone else seems to have it. I grew up in a church, by the way, in a church background that, man, we love those mountaintop moments. We loved them. We chased them. And it took a long time to realize that daily bread is not a mountaintop every time. And I've seen a lot and I've heard a lot and it's, it's this tendency to think I'm doing it wrong because all I get is daily bread and I'm not getting the feast that I see others get. I wanna tell you, you're not doing it wrong. You're here in a collection of brothers and sisters, a family of daily bread people. And there's something beautiful and grounding about this. Think about it, um, if any of you are athletes or have dipped your toes into the athletic world, um, athletes, when they train, do not go out and try to crush PRs every time that they get out there. You know what that would do? It would lead to injury. It would lead to burnout. They would not improve. What do athletes do? They get up each and every day and they put in the work. Mountaintop moments... That's not what an athlete gets out of bed every day for. Paul compares us to an athlete. I think there's a good reason for that. We understand that on a physical level. But do we get that on a spiritual level? That we are called to this daily walk, this daily daily training, these daily habits and choices that lead us to Christ-likeness. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to paint a better picture for us of where we're headed And I want to show you something that I'm very, 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 very proud of. There's a lot of areas in there, but I'm very proud of this. I mentioned already several months ago, I began to be very unsettled. I was seeing a lot of great things in our church, and I was hearing stories about what God was doing and how he was working, and I believe that believed in where we're going as a church, and I was, I was good on this front, but, but I was still unsettled, and I was seeing gaps, and this mission of glorifying God by growing in Christ, growing together, and going to the world, I started to look, and I started to see some gaps, and I was unsettled, because I want to get better, and I began to pray, God, can you give us wisdom as a church, And it came down to this question of how can we improve in our mission together as a church? What would it look like for us to honor the past, to look back and say, God, thank you for your faithfulness in our past as a church, to honor our past? 
and then to look forward and to ask God, what is the next step that you would have us take as a church? What would that look like? What would it look like for us to take the next step? And, and so a couple months ago, I warned Craig. Craig is our executive pastor, and if you don't know him, his, one of his main job responsibilities, this should be on his job description if it's not, um, is to take all of the big ideas that I dump on him and to poke holes in all of them so only the really good ones remain. This is part of his job description. So several months ago, I, I, I warned him, I messaged him, and I said, Craig, this is going to be one of those meetings. I have like a six-and-a-half-page spreadsheet that I'm about to dump on you. So eat a good breakfast that morning. Get ready to poke holes. Um, and uh, a, a few months ago, um, we got together, and I did just that. I just dumped Here's what I'm feeling, and here's what I'm seeing. Um, here's what I need to see. Here are the gaps that I'm seeing. And, and um, I told him, I want to take a more holistic view as a church as to what it means to follow Jesus. I want, to take a, uh, uh, um, I want us to focus on, on um, the, the, the things that we've talked about this morning. I want us to focus on the rhythms and the habits of growth in Christ. I want us to focus on these things and I want us to be shaped and not just what we do here on Sunday morning. I love what we do here on Sunday mornings. But what would it look like if we brought these habits and these rhythms into our daily lives and families? And I just dumped six and a half spreadsheets on him and uh, because he talks in spreadsheets. He liked that. Um, and uh, to my great delight, um, Craig literally turned, he, he turned his screen around. He said, like this? Now, some of you might know this, but Craig right now is working um, at his doctorate at Dallas Seminary. In his doctoral work, the focus of his work is the development of a curriculum for the church. Um, it's a discipleship curriculum, and, and over the past several years, he's actually been able to take a few of you through it, um, and it's kind of been shaped and molded and refined as it's gone. Um, but as he turned his screen around, what I realized is God has been working this together long before I started to get unsettled. And go ahead and put this on the screen. This is what he was working on. Something that he called inhabit. Inhabit. Um, inhabit is an in-depth curriculum for the church, and it's awesome. And I know there are a lot of great curriculums out there. There really are. There's no, like, silver bullet to, if you just take this pill, you're a disciple. I get that. Um, but this is really a great curriculum. One of the things, there's several things I love about this, but what, I, what I, I particularly love about this is it is a curriculum for us, and it focuses together, us together, on the habits of the Christian life. It focuses us together on the habits that the Lord uses to form us and shape us and give us our daily bread. It hits the head, heart, and hands of discipleship. Um, it is deeply theological. It's also deeply connected to church history. Love that. 
but it covers personal inward habits like study and prayer and scripture. It covers personal outward habits like silence and solitude, my favorite, Um, service, evangelism, and it even covers corporate and together habits like prayer and preaching and worship and giving. It covers it all, and it talks about the habits, and and this is pretty in-depth, so when you see this, it's a, it's a, it's a thick one. It's a thick book. It's, a, it's an in-depth curriculum for our church. And um, what, the reason it's like that is because this is meant to be more than a Sunday event. What we do on Sunday is a part of this, but our growth in Christ is meant to be practiced throughout the week alone with your family and in community together. And it's catered to exactly where we are as a church and where we're going in the next season. Um, listen, when he turned the screen around and we started to talk, we, the wheels just began to spin as we realized what God was doing. And um, the, 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 it really did fast pace our editing, the publishing, and the printing, It has been substantial, and let me tell you, church, this is the first time you're hearing about this, but this has been a lot of work, a substantial amount of work behind the scenes. Um, And we are so excited to say that, by the grace of God, this is going to be ready for us this fall. And we are going to be stepping in, and so here's how we're going to implement this. I told you, it's going to be practical. Uh, Here's how we're going to implement this. We are going to, first and foremost, we are going to utilize slash hijack all of our community groups. And they know it, and they're excited about it. Our leaders are getting ready for it, all right? So we're going to hijack our community groups. So that means starting this fall, we are going to walk through this together in each of our groups. So if you are already in a community group, You're ready. You're awesome. You don't need to do anything. You just buckle up. Get ready. Um, This includes our Spanish group. So Luis uh, has gone through this already, this curriculum, and he's doing the work of translating it. So we're we're excited about that. Be doing this in two languages. Um, But if you're in a group, man, it's easy for you. I'm asking you, here's your action step. Just get excited, okay? Um, Now, if you are here and you are not in a group, can you put the link on the screen here? Well, I say link. There is a link, but a QR code here. Um, I will not be offended if you take out your phone right now and, and do this. However, I'm going to leave this on the screen for us when we go do our meals and stuff too. Um, so what this is, is it's going to take you to a form where it's literally going to ask your name and it's going to have one checkbox and it's going to say, I am interested. Okay? That's it. That's it. Um, And by checking the box, I need you to hear me here, you are not signing up for anything in blood. I promise. You don't even know the date you're signing up for at this point. What it is, when you check that box and hit submit, what it means is you are saying, I would like to be a part of this, if at all possible, with my church family. I am interested in walking this path with my church, if at all possible. And so here's what we're going to do once we get, once you do that and you hit the magic submit button. Um, If there are a handful of of people and families that say this, that, yeah, I'm ready. I want to do it. Um, We do have spaces available in some of our groups. So if we have a handful, 
what we're going to try to do is on-ramp you, give you options that you can on-ramp into groups and be ready to go and ready to go, ready to launch as they are ready to do this as the groups launch. However, here's my prayer. I hope and I pray that we have more uh, than a handful. I want 100% of our church to go through this. I mean it. I mean it. And so my prayer is that I don't get a handful. My prayer is that I get a mountain full of people that said, yeah, if possible, I want to do this. Because um, if we get a higher amount who say, yeah, I want to join this, what, we're, what our plan is going to be is to launch and host an on-site group um, where we will be able to facilitate a larger group. So we're going to have a larger group time where we can walk through this. And again, my hope, my prayer is that 100% of our church will go through this, and it is my commitment, it is our commitment to make sure that there is space for you. We will make space, and it is going to be great for us to walk through this together. Now, based on the, the response, we're going to see, make the best decision based on numbers. Um, but again, I want to see all of us get involved in this, and, and we are going to make space for you. And if you are hearing this, and you are wondering, is he really talking about me? Yes. I can absolutely guarantee that I'm talking about you. If you are here and you are new to your faith, you are new to all of this, you don't know what spiritual habits are and you've never thought about them, you are here and you're, you know what disciple is, but you don't know what it looks like, you don't, you're, you're new to your faith. Maybe you're here and you are unsure in your faith. You're unsure if you buy this, if you, uh, if you follow Jesus at all. This is for you. It is going to meet you where you are, and I believe that this is for you. And at the same time, if you're here and you say, I've been following Jesus for many years, and I've got my rhythms. Some of them are good, some of them maybe not so good. If you're, if you're saying, I've been walking with Jesus for a while, I want to tell you, my more seasoned, mature friends, this is absolutely for you. My prayer is that we will be in a different place this, year, this time next year because of the way we've walked through this together. I'm excited for where we're heading, and um, I believe, like I said at the beginning, we have a huge opportunity ahead of us um, to grow. And uh, my prayer, our prayer, is that your family grows, you grow, and that our church family grows. And I've just been, like I said, praying and dreaming, what, Lord, would it look like if we walk this path? What would September 11th of 2023 look like if we have been walking in these paths together as a church? I believe it will absolutely be transformational. And I want to end, I want to close with uh, Jesus' words in Matthew 28. Um, in Matthew 28, Jesus, uh, Jesus says this in verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, uh, which Jesus directed them, and keep in mind these are the same 11 disciples, the ones who walked with him, talked with him, learned from him, followed him, and as they gathered together, verse 17 says, and when he saw them, they worshipped him. 
And I love this because it says, but some doubt it. How relatable is that? Do you know what it's like to have a mixture of worship and doubt? I know I do. Jesus says in verse 18, in the midst of this worship and doubt, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the ends of the age. I know there's a good chance that you're familiar with this verse, but listen, Jesus, the the one with the authority, the rabbi, the teacher, is now looking at his disciples and calling them to go out and make disciples. Just as Jesus did for them, he's calling them to do for others. The disciples were now called to discipleship, and all the time Jesus reminds them, listen, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you always. In our text today, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, remember Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Paul here is just fulfilling this command, obedient to the Great Commission. This is Discipleship 101. Imitate Christ daily and invite others to watch and see you. Imitate Christ and invite others to be drawn to him and imitate him as well. Church, I am really looking forward to our next season together. Discipleship is about imitation. And this next season, we're going to focus on that together.